This week we're talking about that's my truth. Let's, Let's send, send it. it. Uh, welcome to Full Send Living. Thanks for joining us. Uh, my name is Nate Thompson here with my co-host Ethan, Ethan Bricker. And we have a lovely uh, guest today. First guest of 2021, Kim Wall. Kim Wall, everybody. She's with us today. Let's just take a moment. Say hi, Kim. Hi, guys. <laughs> I was like, hey, Kim. Um, thanks for being on the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Okay. Yes. Kim so, is our pastor. Mm-hmm. She is a author mm-hmm. of The Complaining Cure. Go mm-hmm. get it. It's Can on Amazon. Record. Check it's it out. Really Audiobook or paperback. Yep. And it's a big paperback, too. A little workbook. It's nice. It is. Premium paper pages. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to start advertising. That paper is crisp. <laughs> you do it. Keep talking yeah. about it. <laughs> it's really good. Bill did a good job too, but yeah, okay. but Kim, we, Kim I think you we, did great. I think Bill know. We all know. <laughs> we all know. We're going to have Bill, we're gonna have Bill we'll on Bill and on we'll sometime. just do the exact opposite. Uh, Kim did good, but Bill, you did great. You're the deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so great book. Go check it out if you don't already have it. Um, you, it ships anywhere, right? That's right. Even does. to like the Netherlands. It does. To yeah. the Netherlands. Netherlands to England. Yes. Mm-hmm. Worldwide. It is worldwide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we are having her on the show today because she preached an amazing message at the River Church in Kimball, Michigan. You can check it out on YouTube at the River Church. Um, but she spoke this incredible message about the danger of this is my truth, mm-hmm. which is a very uh, common thing that people are saying nowadays. Um, and Nate and I were texting in the middle of the service like, this is so good. We've been wanting to talk about this and Kim just nailed it on the head. I so- know. It was so funny because we, uh, like I was sharing with Kim, we were, Ethan and I had this conversation about doing this topic and then we both were just like, we've never liked the phrase, but so then it was just funny. We just backburnered it because it was just, we felt like we were just going to be aggressive. Then Kim just dropped the bomb on at church, which was like, we got to have Kim on Mm -hmm. and just chat it up a little bit. So yeah. So just that, let's just start with that. This is my truth relative. Like truth is relative Mm -hmm. to a lot of people. And then I, what we were going to kind of like maybe focus in on a little bit with this one was just kind of like speaking to like believers mostly maybe, but anybody who wants to listen, but just the idea that, um, you know, if you one believe that Jesus existed, then there's one thing and then believe that he is who he said he was the son of God. Yep. And then go from there. Mm-hmm. Like truth is established at that point. There's like a reference of, so then one of the questions that, we wanted to start with, and Kim, I'll just read the question and maybe you can just start running with it. What is, what would you say the biggest danger for believers? What is the biggest danger for a believer to believe that truth is relative? I think the biggest problem comes from um, not having a place of stability for your faith to rest and then grow from. Because if truth is relative, then it is ever changing, evolving, it morphs. Mm-hmm. And it will always morph to a place where that makes us comfortable um, because we don't like being uncomfortable. Um, we want everything to be the way we want it to be, the way from our perspective, from our understanding, um, 
what works best for us, what allows us to do what we want to do, and does it require change? Or better yet, saying it doesn't require surrender and submission. Mm. So if truth is not fixed, then and it and it becomes very fluid, then the danger is I don't have anything to anchor myself to, mm-hmm. and I don't uh, begin to conform to truth. But then I'm making truth conform to me. Dude, I love that. And because I because you I, didn't you didn't surrender or submit to it. Yeah, that was so powerful. Just that little nugget right there. Mm-hmm. Like you either surrender to what truth is, or you say truth. Truth is whatever I want it to be. Yeah, because then God is relative. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. That's yes. what we, we create. Like we, if we think of that, like truth is relative, then God himself is relative to whatever we want. And that's something, man, just how, what you said, conforming truth to our, to what fits us yeah, is dangerous. It's very dangerous. Um, it gets really sticky really fast if we are making truth conform to our own ideas because then to your point, God becomes relative because then we're making, we're making God into our own image. Yeah. Um, We're making him conform to what we think, to what we feel, to what we want instead of, I mean, because if you think about this, uh, look at some scripture um, that, you know, we talk, Here's some really powerful scripture. It's no longer us that lives, but Christ that lives in us. So the truth Your brings truth. life to me. Exactly. Yeah. Truth brings life to me. I don't bring life to truth. Yeah. Mm. So, you so know, good. you when you you have to take the whole idea of scripture, it's like a puzzle, put it together in order to develop or see, not develop, but to see um the picture of truth, it all has to come together. Mm-hmm. So if I am trying to to make truth make sense to me and be comfortable for me, then I'm giving, I'm trying to give life to the truth. Mm-hmm. And I don't have that type of power to sustain that. Yeah, There's no sustainability in that. Because if I am trying to conform truth to me, it's going to be based on my emotions it's going to be based on my experiences. It's going to be based on my perspective. And all of those things are changing. It'll be based upon my my current level of knowledge, which is continually changing and growing. I know I believe a lot of different things now, not necessarily about Scripture, but just about life mm-hmm. uh, than I did 20 years ago. Yeah, That's because I've lived longer and I've experienced more things. So my understanding has changed. Yeah. Well, that will start shaping truth. If mm-hmm. I'm trying to make it conform to me. I thought that too, like with how um, 39-year-old Nate is way better than 20-year-old Nate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My knowledge base. He's way better. Way better. <laughs> <laughs> if you would have met him, oh, it was gosh. real bad. It was rough. <laughs> I've only known Nate for Not five good. years, and five years ago, oh, Not man. impressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, was the thing that I thought with that is um, even though my view a knowledge base has increased or changed, truth doesn't. Correct. So then, like, with thinking of this topic, how often and too often maybe we uh, knowledge and um, experience or uh, understanding through life becomes our pulling point 
of what is true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think so often to what Kim said with our emotions, we, we get attached to the idea or we get attached to the comfort of I am right. This is truth. Mm-hmm. Like we're terrified of mystery, like mm-hmm. of, of the mystery of, I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Like, or I know God knows, but I don't know that answer or whatever. Um, Cause I think back to like even myself, uh, 10 years ago. I mean, five years ago, I said something on our Wednesday nights. I wish Kim would have thrown her shoe at me. I remember (laughs) saying like, like we can't sing God, I'm desperate for you. And then now I'm like, what in the world are you saying? Like Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Mm -hmm. Like that's like, if you wake up and you haven't had food for a day, you're going to be desperate for food. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's not real. And for me, I believed that to be truth because that's what I was basing my theology or my view on God, but it wasn't view, it wasn't filtered through s- certain things that Jesus made very clear, right. you know. Uh, but sometimes we we don't want to move from that truth because we're so set on. I don't want to be uncomfortable and realize I was wrong, right? You yeah. know, and, and I think that's a big thing. Is if if truth is fluid, then I really never have to admit that I was wrong. I never have to admit that I missed it. All I have to say is, well, that is what I believed at the time. Mm -hmm. That was my understanding at the time. Instead of saying, I missed the mark. Why didn't you throw a shoe at me? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was giving you grace. I was giving you grace. Because you don't know what you don't know, you know. And so, and I knew that you're in pursuit of Jesus and you're going to figure that out. Mm -hmm. You're going to see. But, you know, if truth is fluid then that eliminates the place where we have to confess and repent. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Which is a part yeah. of the journey. That's a continual part of the journey is, you know, I, Lord, I didn't, I didn't realize what you meant here. And I made a decision that was contrary to your character. So I have to confess, I have to repent, and then I have to change direction based upon grabbing hold of what truth is, which is this fixed thing yeah. Not this, how I feel in the moment thing. I like. Could I? I just want to say. I love what she said about this. You're pursuing Jesus. Yeah. Like you know what she said. You're pursuing Jesus, and it made me just think. Like truth reveals truth. Yes. Mm. So the pursuit of Jesus, who is truth, He will reveal more truth to you as you pursue Him in it, and that correction comes. Mm. It does. Because he's faithful to do it. Yeah. yeah because he is faithful and true. Yeah. Um, that's so good. It, there's, so, there's so many moments in my life and even looking at other people that, that I've pastored in the same sense where it's like, they're like, they gave a word to the whole congregation. You're like, that was, nah, nope, <laughs> that wasn't for them. <laughs> you know? And in and, and those moments though, you know, though, that they're passionate about the Lord and you know that the Lord will reveal it to them and that when That's he right. speaks and his words come, they pierce like a sword to the, to the core. And when that, that sword comes into the heart, there's nothing you can do to deny that truth has readjusted you yes, and re rebuilt your frame in many ways. Absolutely. Um, I was thinking when you, when you said like, when you follow truth, um, sometimes we look at truth like a GPS that can recalculate. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like I, I heard the the Holy Spirit just say, like, I don't recalculate. Like, he's never had to change his mind. And that's why right. I think the consistency of 
He is the God who was and is and is to come. He's always the same. He doesn't recalculate or change his mind. That's right. Like he is consistent in the sense of, yes, I can't say Moses changed God's mind. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, In that verse, but it was revealing the relationship between Moses and God's relationship. So anyways, but I, I think sometimes we think that we can get God to lean with mm-hmm. us based on our experience. That's kind of what I'm trying to say is that if we take the wrong turn that he's just like, oh, it's, it's okay. Like, I know that's what you believe. It's a little off, but we'll recalculate. We'll, you know what I mean? Right, right. And that's just not who he is. Like, he wants us to be on that straight and narrow path that doesn't recalculate. That's true, you know, and yeah. faithful. If anything gets recalculated or could we say calibrated, it would be me. Yeah, that when I encounter truth, mm-hmm. then I have to shift and adjust <clears throat> and then conform to that mm-hmm. instead of, you know, God, God saying, well, you know, I get you. I understand you. Like this well, time it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. We'll go yeah. Exactly. You have a good heart. <laughs> Your heart's good, bro. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that comes to that place where it is understanding that truth is very, very set. It is fixed. I mean... The Bible says that Jesus is is the cornerstone. Mm. And so a cornerstone is not soft and it mm-hmm. it's not a pillow top. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's not memory foam that it it gives to you. You give to it. Yeah. And you're you fall on it and it breaks you mm-hmm. in order to recalibrate you or to get you back on course, to course correct you, to move you. So it you know, I, I think of Jesus came to me and found me, but then he said, now you follow me. Mm-hmm. So he's truth. I have to go after that. He doesn't say, well, tell me where you want to go, and then we'll just kind of see how that's going to work out. And, or in other words, uh, tell me what you think truth is for this situation, and then we'll work with that. Mm-hmm. No, you follow me because I am the truth, not a truth. But the truth, the little words are really important. Yeah. They really are. So... They are. They make all the difference in the world. So I'm the truth, and then I have to go after that. And he doesn't deviate from the narrow road. Mm-hmm. You know, this, what you said just made me think. A while ago, I remember um, going into work, and I'm just kind of like just praying a little bit in the car on the way into work, just driving. And, and I remember saying... And I would say it all the time. I always said this, like, yeah, God, be with me today, you know, whatever. And I remember pulling into the parking lot right next to the structure when this happened. I can see it in my mind right now. Just, be, God, be with me today. And, like, the Holy Spirit saying, you be with me today. Mm-hmm. And that, like, <laughs> auto-corrected me. Like, yeah. it was, like, the shift of that reality in that moment was, like, mind-blowing to me. Yeah. Like that, what you said, those little words, just the word, because it was almost as if me praying, like, God, be with me, that all of my truth works out with you. Yeah. Like, this is what it makes me think of right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then where God is saying, like, like you said, follow me. And like, for him to like, to speak into me that morning of like, no, you be with me today, because then there's no need to autocorrect. There's no need to recalculate. There's no need to, you know, like Mm -hmm. just that view shift was like huge to me. Mm -hmm. And I think um, that 
there was a sense of like maybe in Christianity of truth is relative when we pray with him to be with us. Like yeah. we all of a sudden there's like that, that selfishness of our own desires where um, we're not following him to pull from him or to, like following him in the sense of everything he's giving us is falling right in front of us. Cause you're following him mm-hmm. more. So God follow me and help me with all the stuff I'm carrying around and doing. Cause that way it all will hopefully work out for me. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I think that the philosophy of relativism is a selfish philosophy in its nature. Oh, it is. Because yeah. the whole idea is making it conform to what I want mm-hmm. and what makes me comfortable and what makes me, quote, happy. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's why, that's why truth is relative. That mm-hmm. idea that truth is relative is because I don't like it when Jesus said, live holy. Mm-hmm. I want to do what I want to do. I want to pursue my own agenda. Yeah, and I want you to be with me because, like, that's always good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want you to bless everything that I do because that's always helpful. Yeah, that sounds awesome. But I want to do what I want to yeah. do. Right. And so I want to, you know, hey, I'm not married, but I want to sleep with somebody. Well, that works for me, and it caters to my emotions, and it doesn't require submission and surrender. And mm-hmm. so I know God understands. See, that's that's a whole selfish mentality of God make me happy instead of I surrender to you so that my life glorifies you and I'm walking in holiness before you. So, I mean, that's exactly what you're talking about there is, yes, he is with us because he's Emmanuel, God mm-hmm. with us. That's the beauty and the wonder of the magnificent God of the universe who would be with me. But then there's the expectation, I'm with you, now follow me. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. where Christians yeah. leave it there, though, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I, oh, when, man. When you brought up the cornerstone thing, sometimes we don't give corners that that idea, the the immense power that that is like i've been doing tons of demo over at our at our new house and taking out i just took out this big brick thing that was built up in the living room and where where did i start you if you take out the cornerstone the rest will come out yep like you if you take that cornerstone out everything else will crumble but if you start everywhere else it's gonna be a lot longer of a game yeah but if you can take that one thing out then everything else will fall where it needs to. And in the same sense, if we bend that where Jesus says, I am the way I am the truth. I am the life. When we bend that and we start saying that Jesus can conform to our reality or my truth, Mm -hmm. then what you're doing is bending who he is as, as, as savior, as the King. And you're telling the King what he is to his his realm or his kingdom. Like how weird would that be to go to the president and be like, you know what I mean? Yeah. The president or whatever and just be like, no, I need you to be more this way mm-hmm. just for me. It's just, I don't care what, how you are for other people, but this is what I need as one person. This is my perception of what presidential is. Yeah. And I need you to conform to my idea of that. Yeah. That is ridiculous. How, um, how like, stunting of growth in Christianity do you see it to be Ooh, like relativity you know what I question. mean like how far into Jesus can anybody go do you I feel like I'm saying this as it's coming into my brain but I want no, that's <laughs> no I understand what you're saying I think this is um very limiting because here's the scary part about relativism 
is that most Christians would not say that truth is relative because we know that that is an absurd idea. We know that's not acceptable, but we live that way. We, you know, we'll say, you know, all of these parts of my lives, of my life conforms to truth, except for this piece and this piece. But then we have excuses mm-hmm. or reasons why that doesn't. And what we have failed to understand is even if these two little side pieces are, they're not super significant, we don't feel like they're super significant, and they're only just these small areas. But if they don't conform to truth, then the rest of us can't go where Jesus is leading us to go. So it keeps us very superficial. And everything is interconnected. So nothing is compartmentalized or independent from the rest of ourself. Mm. So whatever is happening in this area of my life is going to bleed over into that area. So if this isn't surrendered, then Jesus really can't get his fingers into every part because this part's not surrendered. And so we might think, oh, yeah, I'm super spiritual here, but here, you know, in my relationships or here with my money or here with, I mean, fill in the blanks for whatever, you know, then he's like, yeah, but see, all of that's intertwined and I can't get my fingers into that and mold you and shape you into the image of me. Because, you know, Romans 8.29 says that we are predestined to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So that's like all the parts, all the pieces. Mm-hmm. And unless all of it understands that truth is absolute and all of it is conforming, then we have uh, limited ourselves and our ability to go deeper, to establish roots, to produce fruit, to go from glory to glory. I mean, however it is that you want to say it, you're limiting and stunting your own growth and maturity. Yeah. That abundant, like where Jesus says, I came to give you abundant life, yeah. life and life abundant. Like you, it's, it's the illusion that you're, you're in that mm-hmm. in, in the abundance. And really what you're saying is if we, if we are not in the truth of Jesus, the full truth, we're not experiencing the full abundance. No. You know, we're not experiencing the true fruit that comes from a life yielded to the truth of Jesus. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we ask questions, you know, why Why am I not experiencing the abundant life? Mm-hmm. What's the deal? You promised this and it's not happening. A lot of times it's not happening because this particular area of our life isn't conformed to truth. And, and truth isn't dictating what's going to happen mm-hmm. in a particular area of our life. You know, I mean, the truth is... Because here's a big one for believers. The truth is, if you don't forgive, you're not going to be forgiven. Mm-hmm. But we think we have exceptions to that because you don't know what they did. You don't know what they said. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't, you don't know, know what how, was done to me. You don't yeah. know what was done to me. You don't know the pain that I went through. You don't know how horrible that is. And so I'm hanging on to this. But yeah, I'm all in with Jesus, except for I'm hanging into this. And he's like, yeah, but see, I can't get in and do all the stuff. Because you put a roadblock up there because you think that truth doesn't apply to you in this area. Right. And I think that it's far more limiting than we really realize um, as individual believers, but also as the collective body of Christ. Oh, so good. So yeah. then how do, how, um, how do we go through and... How do we yield how ourselves to truth, How do we start identifying truth, right? our relative truths in our yeah. lives as believers? Like what... 
How do you identify them and yeah. then submit them to the Lord so that he can prune them off of us, right? Because I think that that is a hard process in the sense of like learning to allow your I, I, I'm, I'm trying to, I guess, take from the perspective of like somebody who's not used to just allowing Jesus to change their mind because mm -hmm. changing your mind is not comfortable. Mm -mm. And so how do you, right, yield yourself to that truth and then start mm -hmm. submitting it and changing your perspective, repenting, right? There's a lot of that. spokes to that wheel Yeah, right there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> part two is coming up. No, <laughs> did, did, should we, do you uh, want to rephrase it or? Well, yeah. I guess. I, I mean, just, I think I, it's a great question. Like, and I what think would be, I guess, um, what's a place to start? Okay. Well, There's the first place. <laughs> it is a great That's question. That's a better way to say it. Where do we start? How do we do this? <laughs> I think the a great place to start where a lot of believers, if we're just going to be honest, struggle, is you actually have to know truth, which means you've got to read the Bible. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we're told, study to show yourself approved. Study the Word. It's not casual reading. It's, it's digging in. It's, you know, and I'll throw out one of mine and Bill's pet peeves here, is we can't stand the Read the Bible in a Year program. Because you're blowing through that thing so fast, you're just checking stuff off your list that you are really not taking the time to internalize and absorb what you're reading. So you don't notice the little words like the mm -hmm. and the significance that that word carries. Mm -hmm. You just go, especially if you're speed reading. Oh, you zoned out. Yeah, you're just not getting any of it. Yeah. You're just la, 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 and here we go, and I did my duty. But study it. Dig into it because... To one of our points earlier, truth reveals itself and it reveals, it, it, it expands. It's mm -hmm. this, the more you understand about, about it, the more understanding comes. Mm -hmm. And you begin to see all the different places that it's impacting your life. Then the second thing is, I would just have this really open and honest conversation with Holy Spirit to say, okay, what, what lies am I believing that I think that truth doesn't apply to me? or I've misunderstood what truth really means mm -hmm. in any area of my life and just be open to that. And that is an ongoing dialogue that you have. It's not like you sit down with pen and paper and he gives you a list of 50 things and you're done. Um, some things come off layer by layer and you can't get to this misunderstanding or this lie um, unless you uncover these three or four things first. Mm -hmm. So it's the process of, daily dialoguing with him and, and show me, reveal to me as you're reading the word. And then, you know, when you come across something where you realize, oh, wow, I'm trying to make this conform to me instead of me conforming to it, then it's the confession. It's the repentance. It's surrender. It's like, I'm, I am admitting that I am wrong. I am laying down this idea. I'm giving it to you and I'm giving you permission to give me truth and like, what, what do you say about this? And if it crushes me, it crushes me because I want it more than I want to be comfortable. Mm -hmm. And you surrender to that and then you submit to it. The submitting is I'm going to act out on it. I, I'm going to actually obey it and do what it says and live it out and talk about 
you know, talk about that with Holy Spirit so that you know how to incorporate that into your life and how to work that into all the places so that that truth is impacting you and in a way that it's permanently changing you. Yeah. It's a process. Mm-hmm. I like what you said, just even just that um, about like the Holy Spirit, just kind of like some things are just so systematically in steps. It made me think of... Um, just like mathematically, mm-hmm. how one builds on the next. There's a reason, like, I feel like people have a calculus problem with a subtractive mindset. You know, like they never got past addition and subtraction, and now they've created this problem that's so... It's an algorithm. Yeah, and, and they're not, just like, yeah. they didn't even, you know, and then like to go to go back with the Holy Spirit and go through it to where he starts like, all right, you need to set this in place, set this in place, set this in place, and right. you start building truth foundation right to now you know mm-hmm. it just kind of resets the whole building yeah you know and and to your point there a lot of times it gets super complicated when it doesn't need to be complicated cuz here's what i've discovered about jesus it's not rocket science it's ditch digging so it's truth bomb kim it is <laughs> that's for mm-hmm. real you you yeah. jesus doesn't make it hard um, he doesn't make it so that you can't understand. He lays it out plain and simple. It, but it's work to follow him. It's mm-hmm. that let me get in there and dig. Let me get in there and and I got to get dirty and I'm going to sweat and I'm going to put in the effort. But it is not this over my head thing. Mm-hmm. It's just not. And I think that what you were talking about is we just make it this whole big whatever. And mm-hmm. he's just like, look, follow me. And, and say what I say, do what I do, go where I go, and that's it. Now, I'm not saying that's easy. It's hard. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt that it's hard. Surrender and submission is hard, but it's not complicated. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, when you're when you're working on something and you, there's a, this big pile of, some, of stuff that you just don't want to do, but mm-hmm. there's other things you could work on. Yeah. And you ignore it's it's ditch digging in the sense that you know that there's this, there's something there, Mm -hmm. you know, I I think most people, you know, there's something. And, and sometimes we just don't want to address it with the Lord because there's something lingering and maybe you don't even know what it is, but you know, it's there. It's like the elephant in the room, but you're like, I don't know what it is, but it's there, but I don't really want to address it because if I have to address it, that means I'm addressing pain. Uh And, uh, and, and it really comes down to like being able to get into the nitty gritty with Jesus in our emotional, personal lives, like where he's allowed to convict us of past truths yeah. that we've held near and dear mm-hmm. yeah. and, and really like we're, we're inviting him into that painful thing, digging a ditch, which is just like, it's stuff that's like, man, this ain't fun, but when all that bad junk starts to get drained away from your home, you'll mm-hmm. be really happy. You know, <laughs> like it's it, worth yeah. the work. It's worth the work. It's yeah. worth the work. I think that. I think that when we are willing to go to the uncomfortable places, I guess that's one of the things that I've discovered about Jesus, is that walking with Him is uncomfortable. Uh, that's why he sent Holy Spirit, who is the comforter. comforter. Yeah. Because in my discomfort of changing my mindset, changing my perspective, rearranging my life, conforming myself to him, it is uncomfortable 
but then he gives me Holy Spirit who comforts me in the middle of the discomfort. Mm-hmm. And and then after I've gone through the discomfort, there's no way I'm going back to what I was. I worked too hard to get here. I'm not going to go back to that old lie, mm-hmm. to that that truth that was relative because I find I found the stability um, and the security of clinging to the never changing truth of Jesus. And even when it's hard and it's difficult, I mean, think about the parable that Jesus told about building your house upon the rock. Rocks are not comfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're they're jagged. They are, you know, you're not going to get all nice and cozy in there, but they're firm and they're secure. But then Holy Spirit comforts you in that the hardness of the truth um, that is the protective that keeps you secure during storms and times of a uh, turmoil. Mm-hmm. Uh, he comes and he comforts you in that. Mm-hmm. And, and in that, I realize this, the hard place of the truth is way better than the fluidness of relativity, and I can't go back there. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, the the truth of God's word is eternal, mm-hmm. and I think even how often like the the thought of the relative truth. One of the things that is scary is sometimes that relative truth sustains longer than our lifetime here, mm-hmm. and that's it. So there's people that perceive it to be true for their lifetime, yet the eternity is waiting. Yeah. You know, and just having a a relative truth doesn't last eternity. And having sustained truth in Jesus is an eternal truth, you know. And to to miss that, to not be in the Word, to not have a better understanding of who He is, Mm -hmm. to not be hearing from Holy Spirit, to correct these, like, relative truths that we have, you know, and then to think of how many times we have something that feels like it's going to last and mm-hmm. then eternity shows up. Absolutely. And which is wonderful and beautiful, you know, but I, I just think about of what it provides you in the here and now. Yeah. Um, because life is going to happen to everybody. I mean, if you're following Jesus, if you're not following Jesus, life is going to happen yeah, to you. Going. But... If you're following him and your life is built on the never-changing truth of who he is and his word, then whatever gets hurled at me is crushed by truth. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's fixed. It's not this fluid thing, um, but it's, it's fixed for the here and now. Yes, for the eternal, but it's fixed for the here and now. And that just brings such comfort to me mm-hmm. to know that no matter what happens to me, my life is built on truth. I am. It is the safeguard that keeps me. It is the fortress that surrounds me. It is the glory and the lifter of my head. It is the shield about me. Mm-hmm. And so, no matter what happens, yeah, the the, the important stuff doesn't change. Yeah. The yeah. inside of me. That's how you have peace mm-hmm. because truth doesn't change. And if I'm hooked to truth, then peace doesn't change. Joy yeah. doesn't change. Um, none of those things that you need to have mental well-being changes. Those are fixed. If 
truth is relative and it's based upon what makes me feel comfortable, that's always changing, then peace is elusive and joy just doesn't exist. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. <sighs> that statement right there. <laughs> no. Yeah. That, it, it, it makes me come think back to like you don't get to decide. Like if you decide your truth, it makes you feel like you're in control. Yeah. But you don't get to decide when storms come. No. That's what, what everything we're talking about. I'm just thinking, yeah, I don't get to decide when a hard season hits or and like how when hard some, it's going to and be. how hard yeah. it's going to hit. Yeah. I was thinking of like when Scarlett had her Caesar, her, her uh, seizure, um, in how in a split moment, the scariest thing that's ever happened to me was happening. You mm-hmm. know, like it was, it was even more, it was more frightening than her with RSV because it was like she's shaking and her eyes are rolling in the back of her head and it's just like a living nightmare all of a sudden in real life. Mm-hmm. And I and I remember I remember afterwards feeling like, oh man, I know Jesus. This is good. <laughs> and I'm not trying to like I'm not trying it's definitely not like a bragging thing, but it's that it's that your default is the rock. Right. Your default yeah. is like Jesus. Cause like, in the, I need in, something solid. Yeah, I was right like, now. where's That's Jesus? Right. Bring it, it yeah. like I'm bringing G- the truth into my fact factual situation. Absolutely. You know, and so my immediate instinct was Jesus, I thank you that you're a healer. I thank you that you're here right now because if you're here, then that means you're in charge of what's going on. That's right. You know? And I think back to like when people decide like, well, I don't know whether I believe that Jesus is a healer. I don't know whether I believe that he still hears, heals. They're basing their truth on their experience. On their experience. Absolutely. And in, in those situations where you need a healer, you have none. You don't because you don't believe that the truth is actually the truth in your situation that needs truth to be deposited into it. Absolutely. And I I think that's the stuff where it's like when the rubber meets the road, you know, all the disciples who are about who gave their lives for the gospel, it came down to do I believe this man, Jesus Christ, to be the son of God, to be God incarnate man, you know, in God in the flesh, do I believe him to be who he said he was? And he, and they believed him yeah. because he was truth. Mm-hmm. And to think you know? like, I just like laying that cornerstone of truth yeah. in life and just to build from that. And your kids being able to build from that. Like, Absolutely. Your kids being able to say like, this is truth. This is what our, this is what like, my, I know that this is true because of what my dad or my mom went through in what they hit, how they said that Jesus guided them out of the storm or he was their, their steadfast savior, you know, just mm-hmm. things like that, where it's like, there's, there's undeniable moments of his truth showing up to a situation that was chaos yeah. and he brought peace. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's like it, without knowing truth, then in those moments later on, you know, you'll, you'll make Jesus out to be the bad guy. Because yeah. you you never knew him. Oh, absolutely. You know? Well, yeah. you will say things like, well, where was he? Mm-hmm. He abandoned me. He let me down. He didn't come through for me. You know, those are the things that you'll say. And if you let your experiences shape your theology, Jesus will be constantly evolving mm-hmm. into everything but who the Word says he is. And so we can use that, you know, the, he's the healer or he's the provider 
or he is the Prince of Peace, mm-hmm. or you know whatever it is, because he is so many things. He is everything. What do you need? He's everything. Mm-hmm. So if you don't grab hold of that, then in your moment of crisis, then you don't know. You don't know that he's that because you haven't dug into the word. You haven't discussed that aspect of his being with him about that. You haven't let him reassure you of that. And then life comes hurling at you, you know, at a thousand miles an hour, whacks you upside the head, and you have no frame of reference. Yeah. It and reminds then you that can, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and what's crazy is, is like when I, like I'm just trying to show this as a picture. So life punches you in the face. If you don't know him to be who he is, you'll be screaming saying, Oh gosh, this hurts so bad. And you won't be able to hear Jesus saying, I'm right here. Yeah. What do you need? Yeah. You know, that's the reality is like, he's, he was, he's already there. But when like people would be like, well, he wasn't there for me. He was there. He was. You didn't stop screaming and you didn't take your eyes off exactly. of the storm to go look at Jesus. You or, know, that's or the reality. He was there. However, your perception of truth was incorrect. So you were looking in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. had the wrong expectations. Yeah. You thought it would be this when it's not that at all. Right. You know, you were looking to the left and he was actually on the right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is so good. That's great. How do we send it, Nate? Kim's going to send it. Kim, how do we send it? This is, <laughs> she's like, <laughs> I don't even know what a send it is. Her, her eyes are like, she's like oh, and I, I, fella, I just did. Yeah, I, I just did Fellas, where are we going with so that? We end every episode saying, how do we send it in the sense that like when people are about to jump off of a, you know, ramp with a, you know, snowmobile, they say, send it. Let's and so it? we say, we always tell our listeners, how do you send it? And, um, and so how do we take this information um, and how do we walk this out in our life this week in our, well, for the rest of our lives, but um, what's a little nugget we can, we can give our listeners on how to, I think really yeah. the word was the, the first Sunday I heard, you getting know, getting, the getting that's, into the yeah. word. That's a, word. that's a spot. One send. If we do it a couple sends, we do some we'll do a, let's, we'll sub Sometimes <laughs> Now we just send everything. We make up our own rules. <laughs> Send it all, people. Yeah. <laughs> UPS this one. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely agree that the word is a send for sure. And that's that's the key to this whole thing. But here's, I think, would be the next thing is do whatever it is that you have to do to keep this in the forefront of your mind. Ooh. So, like, write it on sticky notes mm-hmm. and stick it everywhere. Um, journal and write about it. Talk about it. When you talk about something, it stays in the forefront of your mind. So take this conversation and then go start your own conversations with other people about this and just dig deeper into the idea that truth is fixed. It is unmovable. It is it is more fixed than gravity. Boom. Mm, so That's good. One thing I want to do before we uh, take off is, like I said before, Kim is an author. She wrote an amazing book. Mm-hmm. Kim, what is your favorite part about your book? And do you have anything coming in the future that you're excited about that you're doing or your whatever, whatever you want to like throw out a little highlight of your life coming up? Well, the favorite part of the book for me is because I I tend to be a little nerdy and studious is the challenge, Mm -hmm. uh, the seven day challenge. And I don't do it in seven days. I do it in seven weeks. Um, So every day I actually take a whole week to go through 
you know, and just because I'm all about digging in, digging in, digging yeah. in and getting the most I can get from something. So I love the challenge at the back um, because I think it's a life changer. Then what am I working on? You know, I did start a project a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. My interest is peaked. Um, so we'll see. I, I'm still sorting out the details in my head right. about what it might become. Okay. Right now, but it has to do with Psalms. Cool. Right on. Is it safe to say that people can go to one step closer.com to dot life dot life mm-hmm. to like find can they subscribe or anything there to find out if there is anything in the future to your blog? Right? You can I've got articles there. Um you can sign up for the newsletter there. You can buy the book, uh, yeah. whether it's paperback, the ebook, and or where the is audio. This again? One step closer dot life. Boom. Sweet. Well, thank you guys guys. so much for listening this week at Full Sun Living. So happy to have you, Kim. Hope to have you on again. Thanks, Kim. Um, And while you guys are listening, we'd love for you guys to write a review on iTunes. Takes a couple minutes, helps us out, gets us in more playlists. Um, Also, would love to ask for you guys to subscribe, share this with your friends, and uh, live it out loud, guys. Trust Mm -hmm. God. Send it every single day. Bye. Bye.